Hi, I'm Lauren from Cincinnati. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like me and you if you support it. If you'd like to support the show like I did, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate and Feel Wonderful. Bye! Welcome to The Sound of Young America. I, of course, am your host, Jesse Thorne. Uh, About a month or so ago, we went on a little tour of the East Coast, Philadelphia and New York City, and our live shows featured the usual interviews and music, but also stand-up comedy. This podcast is the comedy from our shows in Philadelphia and New York, and we start with Kumail Nanjiani. You might have seen him on Michael and Michael Have Issues on Comedy Central, or just the other day in a big profile in the New York Times. He's a very, very funny man. And he certainly loves his movies. I do. I've been watching him since I was a little kid. Uh, I have, but my parents were always quick to remind me that I lived in the real world. I'll give you an example. This is my first memory of crying. I was five years old. I was watching uh, Ugly Duckling. You guys know, you know, with the, all the pretty ducklings, they're so mean to this one ugly duckling. And, like, who doesn't feel like an ugly duckling when they're a kid? I remember just like crying, bawling as hard as I've ever bawled, tears down my face, my stomach hurt, just a mess. I went to my mom for comfort to make me feel better. My mom didn't say, you know, beauty on the outside doesn't matter, Kumail. It's beauty on the inside that makes a person. She didn't say that. To make me feel better, my mom said, ducks can't talk. (laughs) Plus, those ducks don't even exist. Look at that. Someone just drew that. Stop crying. They're not real. It's a horrible way to handle that situation. My best thing watched like the weirdest stuff that they should not have let me watch. Like when I was eight years old, they let me rent The Elephant Man, which I thought was a superhero movie. You know, Elephant Man, he has the strength of 20 men. No, he doesn't. He's just very sad. He has the sadness of 20 men. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? It's the saddest. They try to get the girl to... I'm not... A, d- devastating. <laughs> that movie took something from me. <laughs> like, I think I lost the ability to smell rain during that movie. I turned to my mom and I was like, thank God movies are fake, huh? And she's like, actually, no, this one is real. <laughs> That's an actual disease anybody could get. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) Terrifying. I was at this family friend's house recently. This uh, Indian family was talking to their daughter. She's a six-year-old Indian girl. Uh, How weird. Uh, Who would have called that? Uh, But she had this ball that had all these Disney characters on it, and she was introducing me to all of them. And then... Uh, so she's like, you know, this is uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and this is uh, Ariel from Little Mermaid. And then she gets to, she's six years old, by the way, six years old. She goes, uh, and this is Jasmine from Aladdin. I don't like her. <laughs> she's black. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the hell can I say to this racist six year old <laughs> that could make anything better? But luckily, her mom overheard and yells across the room, Jasmine's not black. And that's it. (laughs) 
feel like there should have been more to that response. You fixed one of the mistakes in the sentence. Jasmine's not black. But I think it was more the attitude. I wanted to go up to him and be like, hey, instead of Disney, you should watch Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Which I keep in my back pocket. In case I ever run into racist children. Which happens often. I, um... I'll tell you guys this story. I was, uh, some people I feel like are too stupid to have opinions, you know what I mean? Like they shouldn't have, I was talking to this guy. Okay, there we go. She agrees with me. You guys can all leave. We're gonna just trade stories back and forth. Uh, I, okay, backstory. I was raised Muslim, and I was talking to this guy, and he was never Muslim. Like, he was raised here, whatever, never Muslim. And we were talking about Saudi Arabia and the gender inequality there, you know? And he goes, I swear, he goes, well, it's not really their fault. The Quran clearly says women can't drive. <laughs> Pretty sure the Quran never said that. And if the Quran had said women can't drive... 1400 years ago I would be at the mosque right now and so would all of you if 1400 years ago the Quran would be like someday there'll be a metallic box that will carry you everywhere and you'll put gas in it and have a little meter and four wheels and women shouldn't drive it I'd be like I know two things for sure Islam is the one true religion and women shouldn't drive I went to Coney Island recently, and I rode this roller coaster called the Cyclone. Okay. That was not my reaction. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. And I'm from Pakistan. I had, like, bruises everywhere. I, I, it's like I paid a guy, like, here, just kind of punch me all over. And then when I got done, I found out that the Cyclone is the oldest functional roller coaster. I wish I'd known that before I risked my life. Do you know what year the cyclone was made in? The cyclone was made in the year 1927. They should change the name of that ride to 1927, because that fact is way scarier than any cyclone. 1927. We didn't know anything back then. We thought cigarettes were good for us. To give some perspective, this is true. This is a fact. You can Google this. Sliced bread, sliced bread came on the market in 1928. <laughs> so when people describe something as, you know, when they're using, oh, it's the greatest thing, so sliced bread, they mean like it's the greatest thing in an unimaginably long time. <laughs> this coaster was made the year before that. The year before the standard for a really long time ago. The whole thing is made of wood. Wood. You know, that indestructible substance that NASA uses for his space shuttles. Wood. I think if they want the ride to be really scary when you're strapped in and going on that first big climb, they should just have all these facts going by. Like, click, 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 click. This ride was made in 1927. <laughs> click, 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 click. Of material that termites eat. <laughs> click, 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 click. By people who thought cigarettes were nutritious. 
And you paid money for this. Ah! People get upset at me when I talk about the cyclone in New York. They're like, that's a historical landmark. Yeah, I'm not saying we should burn it down. Although it would take just one match. Just saying maybe they shouldn't let people on the thing. Like the Wright Brothers airplane is in a museum somewhere. It's not going on transcontinental flights. It's not like your flight to Switzerland is ready. Could you give us a hand with the propeller, please? Put on this strappy goggle hat. You'll be manning the machine gun. There was no machine gun. Have you guys heard of this uh, new drug cocktail called Cheese? Like, that's a street name for cheese. I'm not making it up. It's this new drug. They call it Cheese. I saw, like, four or five news reports, and they were like, there's a new drug. It's called Cheese. Kids in the Midwest are doing it. It's an epidemic. It's a new drug. Epidemic. New drug. (laughs) So I looked up what Cheese is. Cheese is uh, flu medication and heroin. So really, it's heroin. It's mostly heroin. Heroin's doing the heavy lifting. It's not a new drug, guys. Mostly heroin. I can't sprinkle heroin on, like, pancakes and go, I've created a new drug! I call it pan shakes. Don't forget the special shake sauce. (laughs) It's just maple syrup. And heroin. Not a new drug is my point. Mostly heroin. I think the last actual new drug was uh, crystal meth, which you had to make in your bathtub. And if you messed up while you were making it, everything would explode and you would die. That's how dangerous that drug is. Just trying to make it can kill you forever. And you make it just from stuff you get at the store. To make cheese, you still need heroin. (laughs) Just do the heroin. You already have heroin. It's very powerful. Just do the heroin. That's my message to you guys tonight. Just do the heroin, guys. How addicted to this drug do you have to be to go, you know what isn't really powerful enough anymore? All this heroin I have... I wish there was a way I could make it stronger. Oh, well, I'm feeling kind of sick. I'm going to take this. Oh, my God! This is amazing! I will call this cheese. All right, you guys have been wonderful. Thank you. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. It's comedy from our East Coast swing about a month or so ago. You just heard Kumail Nanjiani. Our comic in Philadelphia was the very funny Kent Haynes. Funny enough, in fact, that he won the Philadelphia's Funniest Competition, a competition that is so funny that they spell funny with a P-H. A few years ago, Kent was a competitor in a competition that we sponsored with an underwriter of The Sound of Young America. He was exceptionally talented then, and his talent has come to fruition now. 
My engineer wants me to let you know that uh, this tape doesn't sound as good, especially if you're listening in headphones. It sounds a little odd and swirly. So our apologies for that. We had a little bit of trouble with the sound system in Philadelphia that um, we've remedied, I think, satisfactorily, but, but you may notice a difference. Here's Kent Haynes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh, this is great. I also thank Jesse for uh, giving me the opportunity to be on public radio. Now I can uh, finally give those Lutherans the lighthearted ribbing they deserve. Um, give them a right drubbing. Um, no, it's, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, I listen to the radio a lot. Actually, I, um, I, I had this job uh, like uh, this spring in scenic Wilmington, Delaware, um, which is just an abortion of a state, first of all. <laughs> just a swing and a miss. Uh, it's the only state in the Union where the welcome sign has welcome in quotes. Um, but to, to prepare myself to run the gauntlet every morning on my commute, uh, I started listening to the country music station in my car, and then I completely fell in love with country music. I have no idea how it happened, but I started relating emotionally to country music in a way I've never had with any other type of music. And, and I don't think it's just me. I'm firmly convinced that if you listen to the country station in your car for two weeks, you will cry in traffic. <laughs> it is going to happen. And, uh, you know, some of you guys, all right, maybe you don't believe me, fine. Tomorrow morning, you wake up, you get in the car, going to work, turn on the country station. And the thing is, the first song is going to be terrible. I am not defending the first song. I want to make that clear. Because I know it's going to be a redneck singing about some nonsense, like, going fishing on a Sunday, hope the Lord don't mind. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> two weeks of this? My family's got heart disease, but I can't quit eating them wings. Oh, Jesus. But you got to stick with it, all right? <laughs> because a couple of days are going to go by, your guard's going to come down, and a song will come on the radio that will shatter your heart. And it happens to me. And the thing is, like, I'm not even in a bad mood. Like, I'm not upset or depressed about anything. I'm just in the car, and then this song comes on. It's like, Charlene got letters from an angel on her wedding day. And I just lose it. Like, <laughs> I start sobbing. I can't even finish the text message I'm sending. Like, I'm wiping away tears with Dunkin' Donuts napkins and gas receipts. So now I have ink streaming down my face. I look like I lost a beauty pageant. I, sometimes I can't even pull it together in time to like pick up my buddy to go to the bar. He's like, what's wrong with you, dude? I'm like, the letters were from heaven. Oh, God. Her grandmother was sending them posthumously. Oh, that song hit me like a NASCAR. Oh. Um. A buddy of mine, uh, a couple weeks ago, he's trying to get me to, uh, to go to this strip club with him. I'm like, I don't want to go to a strip club. He's like, dude, we got to go. BYOB. <laughs> that was his selling point. Like, oh, then obviously I must attend. Um, I, I didn't even believe him. It sounded ridiculous. But then I looked it up, and there actually is a BYOB strip club in Philadelphia, which totally blew my mind. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it actually does fulfill a nice niche in the strip club market. Um, because I'm sure, I mean, we've all been at a traditional strip club, and the wine list is pedestrian. <laughs> you know, half the whites from California, they're all screw tops, and the Somo Ye couldn't tell a Sanser from a sandwich. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there the whole time thinking, I have in my cellar at home a 2002 Argentinian Malbec that would go perfectly with that 42-year-old's hysterectomy scars. <laughs> and it just, it takes me out of it. 
What can I say? I like to pair my wines. But uh, I don't. I'm just. I'm just not into any of that stuff. Like strip clubs. Like all that. I, I'm very vanilla when it comes to that stuff. Like I don't even like music during sex. I like some of my friends. They have the tape to set the perfect mood. You know. I don't do any of that just because I can't have my performance evaluated in terms of number of songs completed. Um, that's not a number I want anywhere near my girlfriend's head. Like I want her to have no concept of time. I, I run that place like a casino. No clocks. No windows. I'm pumping in oxygen just to lull her into a daze. She keeps coming back, trying to hit the jackpot. Bad bet. Bad bet. House always wins. It's rough, though. Unfortunately uh, for her, I do, I do have a girlfriend. Um, things, are, uh, things are going well. We've been dating for about eight years now. And uh, she's already talking about getting married, which I find irritating, to be honest. Uh, mostly because I'm just proud of the eight years, you know, it's kind of an accomplishment. I'm not ready to reset the odometer just to go after the elusive marriage record. No thanks. I'm putting up solid numbers in the minors, folks. I don't need my face on a cereal box. That's all I'm saying. There's a quiet dignity in that. But, um, I don't know, I can tell though, this engagement thing, I can feel it. This, this ship is taken on water, she will not hold. Um, I, uh, I think the thing that puts more stress on our relationship than anything is Facebook because my girlfriend has the relationship meter in her Facebook feed set all the way to the top so that uh, anytime anyone in our entire social network gets engaged, it pops up at the top with streamers and flares and a t-shirt gun and so she always sees it. And then every time we get to have the same passive aggressive conversation. Hey Ken, do you remember Ron and Tina? Uh. I don't know, maybe, remind me. Oh, we, we went to college with them. They started dating like four years after we did. Okay, what about them? Oh, nothing. They just got engaged. They just made a life commitment to celebrate their love by joining us one in the Holy Sacrament of Marriage. Not a big deal. Oh, my God, but you'll never guess why. Oh, really? Why? Because they're 26 years old, Kent. That's what people fucking do. <laughs> oh. He's, he's up trigger. Let's keep this radio friendly. So then I start freaking out. You know, like, oh, God, I'm going to lose this thing. So I just start running through scenarios how even this logistically could work. You know, but all that work gets scuttled because a week later she calls me on the way home from work and we have the second conversation, which is way worse. Like, hey, Ken. So uh, I talked to my engaged friend Tina who got engaged. You remember Tina? Got engaged. Oh, my God. Do you want to know how he asked her? <laughs> nope. No, I do not. I don't want you to know how he asked her. Because it's always this elaborate production that was ripped from some horrible Kate Hudson movie that I'll never be able to compete with. Okay, okay. So, it's the first day of spring and she wakes up and on her dresser is a single rose and a letter. So she's freaking out already. She opens up the letter and it sends her on a scavenger hunt throughout New York City. And she's going to all their favorite places and picking up the little items like the salt shaker. He was like, you're the salt of my pepper. It was so adorable when she's stuffing her purse. The last clue sends her to the top of the Empire State Building, and he is standing there in a full tuxedo. She starts rushing towards him. He holds up a finger, turns around, and base jumps off the building. <laughs> the parachute opens up, and embroidered on it, in her favorite font, are the words, Will you marry me? Is that not the most romantic thing you've ever heard in your entire life? And I'm just frozen on the other end of the line. Like halfway through taping a ring pop to the inside of a Hallmark card, like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> I got to reevaluate. Hey, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. That was Philadelphia's funniest, P-H-U-N-N-I-E-S-T. 
Kent Haynes, recorded live at the Philly Improv Theater in Philadelphia. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our shows in Philadelphia, edited by Nick White, produced by Nick White, directed by Nick White. By the way, we have posters that were printed by our good friends at vgkids.com for sale in the Max Fun Store. Visit maxfunstore.com to buy them. We'll see you next time right here on The Sound of Young America. 